Music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly Alexander, and joining us on the show this week is recording artist and musician Mike Ruby, talking about his upcoming EP called You Wrote These Songs. We also chat with Belgian singer and musician Tamino about his burgeoning music career, and we sample some new music for you as well from Sierra, Ed Sheeran, and Justin Bieber, not to mention the queen of hip-hop soul, Mary J. Blige. Let's kick things off, though, with Mike Ruby, who not only is a talented singer, but who also plays several instruments, including the saxophone. Mike, welcome to The Kelly Alexander Show. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. So you started your career as a saxophone player after studying at the Manhattan School of Music. First of all, tell me, like, did you always love saxophones when you were a small child? Like, how did that start? <laughs> um, no, I didn't kind of come out of the womb and be like, give me a saxophone. <laughs> Um, but definitely, you know, when I was, uh, I guess in grade seven or eight, I saw my brother playing saxophone with Dan Aykroyd and I just thought that was the coolest thing ever and I wanted to play. So that's kind of how I got into it. That's really cool. Now, how did you end up at the Manhattan School of Music? Cause, cause you're from Toronto, correct? I am. Yeah. So, well, it actually, um, you know, I guess from, from tragedy comes, uh, some good things. Uh, when I was in high school, my dad passed away and kind of all through high school, he was quite sick. So music was an outlet for me at that time. And saxophone, you know, was obviously just an instrument when I picked it up, but it, it became that outlet and I poured way too many hours into it. And, um, you know, after I guess a year or two of playing so much, I realized that I wanted to move to New York city cause that's kind of where all the jazz and, and great live music happens. So uh, that's kind of the path that I ended up taking. That's awesome. And were your um, other family members supportive of you moving all that far away at such a, such a young age? A hundred percent. A hundred percent they were. And, um, you know, the nice thing is I, I was home with my family actually for two years before I, I transferred to Manhattan School of Music. I went to the U of T and then uh, went straight to Manhattan School of Music after that. And talk to us about uh, any sort of culture shock heading into New York. Because here's the thing, like, so I'm from Montreal. I went to school in Toronto, so I get what Toronto's like. And I feel that Toronto is very similar to New York, although it doesn't quite match up. But was it an easy transition for you to go to, to, to New York or was it like an eye-opening experience? It was definitely eye-opening. I mean, it's a great city um, for all of you guys listening who have been there. I'm sure, you know, a bunch of you have. It's amazing. But, you know, from so many people, especially from Canada that I speak to, they're like, oh, New York is the best, but I couldn't see myself living there. I kind of felt the same way. Um, you know, when I moved there, it's like everyone is looking over your shoulder. A lot of people are judging you, like, how good is this guy? But you kind of get used to it. And then at that point, you're like, you know what? I don't care what these people think. And then you just get settled into this amazing city and it becomes incredible. That's fantastic. Well, I'm really happy to hear your story because I, I find it fascinating when people decide to make that leap, especially from Canada, to go to either New York or Los Angeles. So that's that's awesome. And uh, so sort of take us through the timeline. You finished school, and then what was the plan? Yeah, I finished school. Um, this is a true story, actually. Um, I, I played a show at a really amazing club in New York City called Small Jazz, and it was kind of a dream of me to always you know play there. Uh, played the show, got 100 bucks. And then thought to myself, uh-oh, you know, <laughs> um, how am I going to make a living as a jazz musician? Um, so I started taking a bunch of other gigs as well, not just jazz gigs. Um, so I started playing with pop bands. And one gig, which was really, really cool, I was opening for Ellie Goulding for, I don't know, four or 5,000 people. And there was just this moment where I had a solo and everybody was kind of clapping along with me. And it just totally stopped me um, from from wanting to play jazz anymore because... Everybody was having such a great time, 
And I was like, well, damn, you know, if I can make all these people have a great time instead of just playing a job, a music that's a little more intellectual like jazz, you know, that's really, really what I want to do. And when I was young, I fell in love with pop music as well. Um, so it kind of made me come full circle. And I thought to myself, you know, I think I'm going to start writing songs, playing guitar, singing and um, trying to, you know, affect people in this way with my music. That is amazing. So did you then have to teach yourself guitar, or did you already know how to play this? Yeah, no, I totally had to teach myself how to, how to do uh, all these other things, That's... <laughs> which was a fun process. You're like, uh, you're like the Canadian Charlie Puth. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I love Charlie Puth. He's awesome. Yeah, because I think he like also, taught himself a bunch of things, and then just did, you know, and he also has perfect pitch, as you know. So that's crazy. Yeah, he is, and he also went to the same school that I went to. He went to Manhattan School of Music as well. He did that um, that pre college program there, and he's a great pianist as well. That's amazing. So then, what was it like those initial? Because like, how long did you take to sort of get yourself up to speed with with guitar and all that kind of stuff? Like, was it a year of writing songs and all that before you've decided to make a break for it? It was actually a couple years, you know. I mean, the first, I would say the first hundred I wrote initially, I thought were okay. And then I stepped back and was like, God, these are terrible, you know. Um, And then wrote a few hundred more and I was like, okay, you know, they're starting to get better. But I still don't really have my own sound. You know, it sounds kind of like X, Y, and Z. And then after a few hundred more, I guess probably like after a thousand songs or something, I was like, okay, now I'm kind of starting to find my own voice. And, um, And now I'm at the point where, you know, I have... I think six to eight songs on this EP that are going to get released um, as singles and they all feel like my own. And it feels like I'm actually saying something that I want to say. And that took, you know, that did take, I would say three, three plus years. Hanging out with us on the Kelly Alexander show is recording artist and musician, Mike Ruby. Make sure to grab all of his social media handles from his website, MikeRuby.com. So Mike, uh, I guess after you, you know, sort of had this plan of action to like step behind the mic. And like you said, you took the time to, to get there. What was your plan? Was it to stay in the U.S. or come back to Canada? Um, it was to come back to Canada. I definitely, you know, I definitely want to do it here. Uh, I'm still doing it there as well. I'm kind of splitting my time in between Los Angeles and Toronto right now. So I did move out of um, But there's just so many great people here, so many great artists in Canada. I, I definitely, you know, end game is to end up back in Canada full time just because Someday in the future, I'd love to have a family here, whether that's in five years or 10 years, I don't know, but I, I really do love it here. What's your opinion of Canadian music being as how you, you've, you're, you're able to straddle the border kind of thing? Like you've spent time in New York, now you're spending time in Los Angeles. Like, do you think that the Canadian music landscape is a good place for you? I do. Um, you know, Toronto's really been put on the map. Um, I don't know if you, if you listen to podcasts, but uh, Ryan Tedder just did a really great interview and he kind of, he was asked, you know, what are the three major cities in the world right now for music and his answer was uh, i'm not sure if it was la or london first but it was la london and toronto um you know over new york over atlanta just over so many great places that have music these days and it's because you know there have been so many amazing pop artists as you know that have kind of put toronto on the map sean mendez especially drake and ovo justin bieber alessia um and it's it's really nice to see that, you know, the Canadians are actually charting so high these days. What was it like working with producer Ryan Stewart, who's also produced music for other Canadian artists like Carly Rae Jepsen and uh, Victoria Duffield, who I adore. She's such a great person. Uh, like, what was it like working with him? Yeah, um, oh, I'd love to meet Victoria. I haven't met her yet. Um, it was an amazing experience. I kind of walked into the studio uh, we spoke for five or ten minutes, and then we started to write this song together, which 
actually, no, the second song we wrote together was Close, which is going to be the first single that's released. Um, and working with Ryan was really easy. You know, that's, that's kind of the first thing I'd say, just because he's a really great collaborator. Um, if I throw out an idea, he'll throw out an idea, and then that, you know, I, the two ideas together will become one better idea. And that's what you always look for in a collaborator, is somebody who can listen to an idea and then take it in a different direction. And I felt like I was doing the same with him. So it was a, a really great process writing with him. Um, we've actually written, I believe, six or seven songs together now, and I think two or three of them are going to be on the album. Your debut single is called Close, so talk to us about that, because I can only imagine what it's like sort of knowing like this is the one you're really launching yourself off of. Yeah, totally. It was, uh, it was difficult to choose the first single, and I think we just went with our gut. We went with the one that everybody was feeling the most. Um, so the first song is, is about a relationship and uh, a relationship that didn't work out, but that almost got there. Like, you know, you, you could have seen yourself building a future, could have seen yourself moving to another country for this person. And then for some reason it didn't work out and that that's okay. You know, that it, it was such a good experience that you're just happy to have that in your life. And um, I actually, I, I won't name names, but I sent it to a, a good friend of mine um, just to get her opinion on it. And I didn't realize that she had just gone through a breakup and she called me back in tears saying, oh my God, like your song, your song just moved me like that. And that, that kind of was enough for me to be like, wow, you know, if, if this is affecting somebody like that, I definitely want to put that out there pretty soon. That's awesome. That's great when you get such positive feedback, especially when it's sort of unplanned, you know, like when, when you get such a visceral reaction. That's awesome. And uh, talk, to 100%. Us, talk to us, I guess, about uh, the EP as a whole. I know it's coming out later on in the year, but uh, is it going to be sort of thematic or is it like really a collection of songs? Um, it's definitely a collection of songs, but but there is a thread, uh, a couple of threads actually that, that run through it. It's called You Wrote These Songs, and it's basically, you know, for one person each song i should say is for one person um and it's pretty clear to hear as, as you'll hear with close uh you know i was in a radio interview yesterday and somebody said so what's this song about uh with a funny face and a smirk because he knew exactly what it was about um and probably had a similar experience and uh every single song is like that and um the threads that run through the entire album are you know first of all that each song is specifically about somebody else and then also um, the saxophone pass that I had, I actually bring that into the entire album. So you can't necessarily notice it um, on the majority of the songs. You won't know that there's saxophone in them, but there is. And it just kind of gives it this fullness. And, and the saxophone has been really um, produced and affected and messed with in the studio so that you won't know it's a sax. It kind of sometimes sounds like a synth, sometimes kind of sounds like a, a piano or a layer, but it just gives the album this, um, this full depth which is kind of cool. When you head out touring, are you going to have a saxophone around your neck and sing and play? Like, how's that going to work? Uh, yep, the sax definitely won't be around my neck for the majority of the show. The majority <laughs> okay. of the show, I'll just be singing um, and, and, and walking around and having fun. I'll probably play some guitars too, like electric and acoustic. And then every now and then, I'll definitely rip a sax solo. That's awesome. Uh, I don't know if you, are you into R&B at all or is it mainly pop? Um, it's mainly pop, but I do really enjoy listening to R&B. Um, just as I listen, like I listen to pretty much every type of music. 
That's awesome. Because there's this American artist who I'm sure you've heard of uh, called Her. That's the acronym. And like she plays like four different instruments. And I've seen her live. And she's it's just so awesome when you can see an artist that has command of like almost everything, like singing and then playing all the instruments. Like it's fantastic. So I I think your show is going to be just ph- phenomenal to know that you can pick up all these different instruments and then also uh, sing. Are you nervous about being on stage at all? Or like uh, because this is now different in a way. It's not you behind your saxophone. This is you behind a microphone. Totally. I uh <laughs> I used to be super nervous because I've been singing now for a few years. Um, but the first time I was singing in front of people, I was shaking like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I was so nervous um, because it, it really is, uh, you know, you're much more naked than when you're just playing an instrument. You can kind of hide behind that instrument. Mm-hmm. When you're singing, first of all, it's just your voice. So you've got to be perfectly healthy. You've got to make sure that you're hitting every note. Second of all, you're telling your story. So if people don't like that story, they're totally going to judge you. And so again, you just have to be okay with that. You know, you have to be like, ah, that's fine. They can think they can, you know, they can love it. They can hate it. It's all good. Where do you see yourself in the next like 12 to 18 months? Do you have specific goals for Mike Ruby? I would say, you know, obviously over the next six months, this first album is going to be released. I actually am already writing the second album and you know, hopefully I have been, you know, talking to a bunch of people in the industry about what's going to happen with this album. I'm not sure, you know, who I would sign with or, or, you know, if I do independent. Um, Those are all things that I'm kind of thinking about at the moment. But I mean, the, the primary goal after this album is to be on the road for the next year. So after these six months for that next 12 month period, just to be touring this project. I did want to ask this as well. When you were opening for people like Ellie Goulding, like who else would we know that you opened for or, or were a part of like their project for when you were doing your saxophone stuff? Yeah, totally. I mean, um, I opened for uh, Charlie XCX and fun and Godier and passion pit. There are so many um, really cool bands um, and then, you know, played some cool festivals like Lollapalooza and Governor's Ball and Oshiega. Um, the the band that I did a, a lot of this stuff with, they're a really cool synth-pop band in the U.S. called St. Lucia. That's fantastic. And I so I wanted to ask you, knowing that you've done that, knowing that you've opened for some of these artists that like, like, like an Ellie Goulding, who's had, you know, worldwide success, did you sort of pick up on any tips or just like, because, you know, like sometimes people watch hockey and, and they'll, they'll be like, oh, uh, Sidney Crosby, they pick up some moves from him kind of thing. Like, did you pick up some moves from anybody or just even a way to carry yourself in this industry? I definitely did. Um, you know, even even the band that I was playing with, I, I learned so much uh, from Jean in St. Lucia and um, and of course, from all the headliners that we toured with. And then, you know, St. Lucia does their own headline tours. Um, but yeah, you, you kind of you learn how to compose yourself on the stage and, and what you know, you watch what type of demeanor everybody has. Everybody does have a different thing um, that people enjoy. But the one thing that's constant is definitely uh, presence. You know, when you stand there and when you plant yourself and when you sing, you demand the audience to, you know, to watch you. And again, as a musician, that was something I was totally unaware of. So it was uh, definitely a helpful experience. If you were to have lunch with any artist right now and pick their brain about their careers in the music industry, who would it be and why? <laughs> so um, it would be somebody who's been in the industry for a long time, and uh, that's John Mayer. Okay. Um, the main the main reason being uh, his songwriting on the first three albums was so incredible. It was so deep. Um, you know, the lyrics meant so much. Every single song 
meant so much to him and to his audience. And um, I would love to pick his brain just about songwriting. And, you know, obviously he, he's made uh, quite a left turn from, from those first three albums. And to be honest, I don't love his, his new music as much as his old, but uh, I would just love to talk about him or talk to him about the songwriting process. Mike, you're awesome. I really have enjoyed having you on the show and you're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, thank you so much, Kelly, for having me. That's recording artist and musician Mike Ruby. You can grab all of his social media handles from his website, MikeRuby.com. The Kelly Alexander Show, bringing you fresh sounds like this. Is it love or entertainment? I've been thinking about you. R&B songstress Sierra, who has been in the game for about 15 years, has just released her seventh album called Beauty Marks. And overall, she is getting a lot of positive reviews, especially on the song you are hearing now called Thinking About You. It definitely has a very pop-sounding feel to it, and her vocals are fun and airy. Definitely puts you in a great mood. Some other songs, by the way, that you should check out on the album are called Level Up and the title track, Beauty Marks. Pop superstars Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber surprised all of their fans by dropping a new collaboration recently called I Don't Care. Right away, there were a bunch of positive reviews of the song right around the planet, and a lot of people think this song could contend to be the song of the summer for 2019. Word has it this single might be the first song as well off of Ed's next album. And as for Justin, fans are just so happy to hear him on new music because he hasn't released a new album since 2015. The queen of hip-hop soul Mary J. Blige has recently released a new collaboration with legendary rapper Nas called Thriving. This song is exactly what you need if you require some extra octane at the gym. This is the third collaboration for Mary J. Blige, by the way, and Nas, and the two of them are celebrating the 25th anniversary of their 1994 albums by heading out on tour together this summer. New music on The Kelly Alexander Show. Don't forget you can subscribe to our show on major podcast platforms like iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and Google Play. We're happy now to welcome Belgian artist Tamino to the program. Tamino has recently released an EP called Live at Ancien Belgique, and this follows the release of his first album, Amir, which was released last fall. Tamino, welcome to The Kelly Alexander Show. Thank you. I wanted to start off by asking you where your music career began. Was it as a child? Well, uh, I guess I always played music. I mean, I always sang at least. Uh, I used to sing along with the records that my mom played at home. And um, you know, she had a great record collection. And then uh, at 10 years old, I started playing some classical piano, but I didn't quite, uh, it didn't last. <laughs> and then when I was 14, I started writing my own songs and it all started from there, I guess. Who did you listen to as you were growing up as uh, like musical influences? And, and are they still an important part of, of who you are as an artist today? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, of course, the Beatles were, I mean, they are of influence to every artist, I guess. So, uh, and my mom was a big fan, so we always listened to, to them. And then a lot of Arabic music. She was a big fan, of course. M my father is from Egypt, so 
when they met, um, she got to know a lot of Arabic music, and she stayed a big fan. Even yeah, they divorced when I was quite young, and uh, and I grew up in Belgium. Uh, but um, but she kept on listening to Arabic music, so that was um, yeah, pretty much around all the time. And then some Tom Waits, some Serge Gainsbourg. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I, I still love them all, but yeah, I just still, I still love them all. <laughs> That's perfect. Now, uh, when you started to play musical instruments, I know you, you said you talked earlier about the piano, and I know you play the guitar beautifully. Uh, do you find that the guitar is like an extension you. of yourself? Well, not really. I, I guess the voice is just the... the really the extension um i mean it is it is me <laughs> i guess it's the most personal thing to use uh, but then the guitar is more i see it as a tool for songwriting or for yeah for setting the right mood for my singing in a way i also play i yeah like i told you i play the piano but for songwriting I mean, so far, the guitar has been the best companion. And when you are creating your songs, do you write with the guitar in mind, or do you just sort of create melodies in your head and then see where it takes you? Um, well, it's always different. I guess it's... Yeah, it's always different. It's... Uh, um, the guitar kind of gets me to places where I wouldn't go normally. And then, but then it can be very interesting to start from a melody as well and to only reach for the guitar or any other instrument in a later stage. Um, and then sometimes a song comes from words as well. I'm, uh, I really love to read a lot and uh, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a poet, but I... I do like to write, and uh, sometimes that leads to a song as well. Joining us on The Kelly Alexander Show is Belgian artist Tamino. Make sure to follow him on social media, at Tamino Amir. You released an EP uh, just recently, and then your debut album wasn't that long ago as well. Uh, was there a specific reason why you've released these two projects not too far apart? Um, no, I mean, I just released, I, I released the album in October, and then we did some some uh, release shows in in Brussels, uh, which is in my home country, Belgium. And then uh, there's this beautiful venue called the Ancien Belgique, where we uh, had three sold out shows. So we recorded we, we recorded all of them, and then we uh, selected four songs, which we thought really captured the, the right vibe of uh, of those concerts and then we uh yeah then we just we wanted to release them as a live ep so people can listen to the live versions as well now i know that your new ep features uh colin greenwood from radiohead how did that collaboration come about well he also played on indigo night on the records so we've got mutual friends and they i think it started when they took him to a concert of mine in, in Antwerp, and uh, 
that's yeah he really liked the concert and we talked uh after the concert and uh, of course i was uh i was uh, very it was a very surreal experience for me but then we had a great conversation going on and then uh, a couple of weeks later i asked him if he wanted to play on uh on indigo night which he, he really liked uh and then a couple of months after that i asked him if he would want to play on uh with us on stage and so far he has joined us yeah a couple of times which is which has all been great he's joined us in brussels in amsterdam in london in paris so yeah it's really lovely playing with him now i understand that you are going to be doing some touring this year you're actually coming to my hometown montreal uh later on in the summer and i know you're doing some other dates around north america how exciting is it for you to actually come to north america is it your first time it's uh it, it will be my second time I, I did south by southwest and i did one show in la but of course it's uh it's very exciting i think it's yeah, for for me and uh, my whole crew, it's very exciting because we, I mean, that's what you always dream of, of course, to that your music takes you to uh, places that are far from home and uh, and America. I really love I love America. I love going there. So I'm very curious to see all those places and to uh, to play for 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 the American people. <laughs> And the Canadian people. <laughs> Do you think at some point, because I know that for many artists, uh, America is the dream at some point, whether it's to move to New York or Los Angeles. I know Nashville now is a very important part there. And and do you think that's ever an option that you would want to leave Europe to go to the States to maybe live in L.A. for a while? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I really love, I, I love both L.A. and New York. I haven't been to Nashville yet, but what I liked about it was that... Uh, I mean, yeah, of course, there are many, many uh, artists living there, so you, it's very easy to connect and it's very easy to work with people, which is, of course, uh, great. Um, right now, I, I feel quite good in Antwerp, though, because Antwerp is kind of uh, in the center of, of Europe, uh, and uh, it's so it's a very, very pleasant uh, city to work from for me personally, but. If ever I get the chance to move to uh, New York or L.A. for a while, then I, I would definitely uh, do it, yes. When it comes to other avenues of the arts, do you think you'll get into maybe acting at some point? Or I know you've done um, a photo shoot recently, I believe it was for Vogue, so do you think modeling could be a part of what's going on for you at some point? Well, I, uh, my first passion was theater when I was yeah very young. Um, I mean... I, like I said, I always sang, but I think I I wasn't really consciously doing it. Or, but then acting was always the thing I really really loved as a kid. And I I, I did some uh, I was in this theater group for, for until 17 years old. But then I kind of lost sight of it. Um, it's definitely if the project's worth it, I would definitely uh, consider it. it, it I would want to do it with the same seriousness uh, I have for my music, though. So I would definitely have to sacrifice a lot for it, I think. And um, so it really has to be worth it. And yeah, the modeling—it's just 
sometimes, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm asked for a shoot, and it's, uh, it's a very nice experience. Uh, but uh, it just, you know, what comes, uh, comes. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's a good way to live life. And I did want to ask you before I let you go, um, what's the main thing that you want your fans to know about you, and even and even potential new fans who are going to be listening and checking out your music, what do you want them to know about Tamino? Well, I, I, I don't necessarily want them to know anything about me. <laughs> I just, I, I, I always hope that people find something of themselves in, in my music. Uh, I think that's maybe the, that's how I enjoy listening to music. The be, yeah, the best way is to really find something of myself in what somebody else has made. I think that's really uh, uh, what makes me a fan of something so if if that if that would happen to my if that happens to my music uh then then i'm happy and do you have any specific people that you would like to work with i know you said it's easier to connect when you are in let's say los angeles are there artists out there now that you would just love to work with at some point i guess too many to mention so i I would just say if i because i am quite a loner when it comes to writing i i really enjoy just sitting by myself, uh, trying to <laughs> get to a song. You know, the, if I would work with someone, I, I, I would like to work with someone who does a particular thing that I don't get, that I don't understand fully. Like, for instance, uh, um, uh, rappers, I have great admira- admiration for um, for rappers because... I don't know how they how they get to the the work so quickly and how they uh that's just for me it's an unbelievable form of art uh which intrigues me and which I'm uh, very attracted to and I know I will never be a rapper <laughs> I know I will uh definitely not be um I don't have the quality for that but um so that would be, for instance, a, a nice collaboration with uh, one of my favorite rappers, uh, something like that. That would be great. Uh, Tamino, thank you so much for this. It's been so great to have you on the show, and I compliment you on your English. You have a, a very good command of, of the English language. Oh, wow. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> That's Belgian artist Tamino. You can follow him on social media at Tamino Amir. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us on the program this week. We always appreciate it. And of course, a big shout out to our guests, Mike Ruby and Tamino. My thanks as well going out to our producer, Adam Briesel, for being awesome as usual. And don't forget, you can listen to us on all of the major podcast platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. And of course, we'd love for you to check out all of our interviews on our YouTube channel youtube.com slash kelly alexander show have an amazing week you and i'll chat soon the kelly alexander show